On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, we're the dummies? another this is game boy light episode i am belfit gaming and as always these game boy these game boy light episodes um, are basically fillers for between our main episodes either done by mo or myself um never have they been a collaboration I'm not saying it won't ever happen rare chance um <laughs> and before we dive into this episode's game uh, a little bit about what I've been up to. Um, Classic WoW just came out uh, August 26th, so literally all of my time has gone to that because that's the game I've been super, super excited to play. Um, outside of that, uh, a lot of just like casually sitting around watching TV. Uh, just, I needed a break from a lot of things, and I forced myself to do it. Uh, I did a little bit of speedrunning. Um, I did some Roger, who, uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit Game Boy speedrunning. Uh, I did a little bit of N64 game playing, just casual gameplay. Um, oh, I did some Super Nintendo casual game playing. I beat all three Donkey Kong countries, plus Shaq Fu and Shin Shan 2 on Super Nintendo uh, in a week. Uh, and then just a little bit of de-rusting for Big Bad Gameathon. I'll be running Felix the Cat Game Boy. No, not Felix the Cat. That's a good game. Titus the Fox. There we go. I knew it was an animal of a sort. Titus the Fox Game Boy, um, and uh, Sesame Street ABC on NES for Big Bad Gameathon. That is September twentieth, um, and then yeah, today or today's episode, this episode's uh, game is the Incredible Crash Dummies for the Game Boy, obviously for the Game Boy. Uh, so yeah, when we come back from our short little break here, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the developer, the publisher, who I'm, uh, I know you all love, and what the game is all about. Stay tuned. So yeah, The Incredible Crash Dummies, a game that most people probably did not know that came out for the Game Boy. Uh, the game actually came out for a couple different systems. Uh, the Game Boy, the Game Gear, the Sega Genesis, and the uh, NES. I'm assuming there might have been a Super Nintendo version as well too um, that I'm not 100% certain on because I mainly focus on Game Boy. Uh, the game was developed by software creations um and i know mo and i have briefly touched based on software creations but software creations was a break off of ocean and if you don't know who ocean is ocean gave us such hit games like the adams family batman um dennis the menace lethal weapon rambo robocop uh, arcade conversions like Chase HQ and amongst many, many other 
uh, other dabblings, Jelly Boy for Europe. But uh, Software Creations, um, there is a gentleman by the name of Richard K. Who got a job at Ocean, but not as a programmer, but as a uh, warehouse stalker. And um, he has such an interest in Atari and how the Atari games were made. He bought a computer with the earnings he made with Ocean and tried to teach himself assembly, uh, which was how those games were made back then. After after a while, uh, Richard uh, basically started creating a game and showed it off to uh, John Woods, who was the Ocean director at the time. And uh, they basically brought him on as a programmer, uh, but still kept paying him pretty much little to nothing. Um, and then after a while, his, uh, Richard's interest peaked at he wanted he was interested in flying, so he actually joined the Air Force. Uh, however, upon getting accepted, they found out that he had some sight problems. So he, obviously, you can't be a pilot when you have sight problems. At least not you couldn't back then. Um, but not not a hindrance by any means. Um, he went on to basically create some of our well, some of our favorite games, honestly, like Plock. If you ever played Plock for the Super Nintendo, uh, that was a very good game. But uh, that's basically how Software Creations came to be. Uh, Richard was part of Ocean, this and that, whatever. Kind of hit a bit of a ceiling. Wanted to go do his thing. Broke away from Ocean and founded Software Creations in 1985. So, and then he found a business partner in Steve and ran with it, basically. Um, Software Creations is still kind of sort of in play today um the 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 pickford brothers uh who worked for um software creations now do mobile ios games so the business is still kind of sort of around but not in its grandiose glory that it once was um and then the publisher <laughs> what can we say about the publisher it is the Rainbow of Dreams, published by LJN. Um, so you know it's either going to be a very good game or a very mediocre game. LJN's never published a bad game in their life. Um, and the game was released in November of 1992, so still kind of early in the Game Boy life cycle. And it very much shows. Um, the gameplay is not what you would expect... Well, it is what you would expect, but not what you would expect. Um, most of the listeners that listen that will listen to this episode have probably played the NES version of Incredible Crash Dummies, where it is a left-to-right platformer, and you actually have a weapon. Like it's act, it's, it's an actual game. It's a left-to-right platformer where you have an actual weapon, and you you would defeat bosses and, and such, and you have power-ups and whatever. Um, the Game Boy version is nothing like that at all. The Game Boy version is broken up into five loops with four mini, four mini games, five mini games per, per loop, I believe. Maybe it's four loops. I think it's four loops and five mini games. So the way it works is 
day day one is your crash on top of a building and you you jump off the building head first and your goal is to break through the awnings and and collect insurance money along the way as you are falling there is fire coming out of a window um if you touch the fire, you basically lose a hit point, and once you've hit the fire so many times, your dummy catches on fire, and you have to do it over again, essentially losing a, a one-up. Um, as you get closer, as you start scaling the building, get closer to the bottom of the building, there is a bullseye. If you land right in the bullseye, you get extra money. What the money is, is that the money is an indicator to move on to the next stage. If you do not gain enough insurance money, throughout the game you do not progress to the next stage um honestly in the first stage is super easy you literally just avoid fire and you're good to go the next one is a driving sequence in the driving sequence is a nightmare um in the first loop the driving sequence isn't so bad and you have a lot of padding but as you get through, through loops two, three, and four, the driving pattern is a lot more tighter and the timing to get to the end is a lot more tighter. So what you need to do is as you are driving through this crackled, disgusting mess of a road, you need to collect these, these NOS looking bottles essentially. And the more you collect, the more magnetic you are for the car. And the reason that's important is because at the end, um, it's not really a magnet at all, but it's just like a it's a it's a speed boost. But at the end, you it looks just looks like a magnet is pulling you into this wall to crash. If you don't have enough booster to make a sufficient crash, you don't gain that much money and you don't progress to the next stage. Um, the the first roadblock any player will hit in this game will be the driving sequences so the next mini game you have after the driving sequence is something called ski slope and even in loop one ski slope is a disaster to get through um so the the biggest issue with ski slope is it's hard to determine what your hitbox is uh, because it's at an isometric angle and you can you turn at 45 degree angles so it's really really difficult to understand if you're going to hit a tree hit a log hit a snowman it's it's really really difficult to understand what's going to happen but as you get through this you need to collect flags uh throughout and find the ending to uh to this to the ski slope um and the first loop, the ending to the ski slope is at the bottom of the hill. Pretty, pretty easy, right? Um, as you push through, the maze for the ski slope becomes a little bit more intangible on areas that you can and can't go, or should and shouldn't go. Um, so the ending is still at the end of the hill, but it may not seem like it's at the end of the hill because it's like it, it would just randomly pop up on a hill that you're on so um for this you want to collect flags as you're as you're sliding down the hill 
Uh, for the easy objective, you can you want 15 flags. The normal objective, 20 flags. The hard objective is 25 flags. And then once you've gotten past that, uh, you go into the bomb factory, and this is by far the easiest um, mini game there is in, in the in the game. All loops. So the goal of the game is to pack 40 bombs before the day's end without without blowing yourself up. Um, obviously, this number increases: 40 bombs for easy, 50 for normal, 60 for hard. You have three conveyor belts and all these conveyor belts are going to be pieces of dummy coming coming down the conveyor belt that needs to drop into the bin and along with uh, dead dead bombs as well to non-lit bombs and as the conveyor belt is being pushed through there's going to be lit bombs coming coming past and you need to hammer the lit bombs to put them out, basically, or blow, or blow them out. Because if a lit bomb falls into a canister, that conveyor belt is no longer active and nothing is coming out of that conveyor belt. Which doesn't seem like a terrible thing, but um, if you want to get past that minigame a bit faster, then you want to try and keep all three rolling. Um, I know when I first played it, when I got to the very last loops of the game I would purposely let one or I would purposely let one of them crash just so I only had to control two only had to control two conveyor belts because of how fast the game actually becomes towards the end. And then the final minigame of the loop is the cruise missile. And this is where most people will give up on the game, throw the controller on the ground, take out the game, light it on fire and throw it in the garbage bin. Um, this is the hardest minigame, um, in, in the game, even starting from loop one. If you, it, it's very comparable to Solar Jetman. If you've ever played Solar Jetman on the NES, the controls are almost one-to-one -one spot on with Solar Jetman. It's low gravity, momentum-based ship movement. So... You start off on the launch pad and you traverse yourself through a cave with the world's crappiest momentum and the world's crappiest rocket speed you could ever imagine. And along the way, things are popping out of the ground, shooting shooting at you or just being directly in, in your way. Um, so you also have to understand and maneuver around obstacles using the world's worst controls. Then at the end of the stage or in the middle of the stage, it really doesn't matter because the landing pads are random for every every single loop. So like in loop one, it's at the end. Loop two, it's kind of in the middle. Loop three, it's like three quarters away through the stage. Loop four, I don't even remember where it's at because I've only ever done loop four once in my entire life. So, <laughs> um, and you have you have to be perfect on landing on these landing pads by the way if you are just if you are just a pixel off of the target the game is like oh you crashed redo this mini game again you have to land in the target if you do not land on the target it will re it will make you redo the mini game 
and there is no insurance money. There's no nothing to to counteract this. If you do, if you fail and crash the rocket, you restart the minigame. And if you fail and crash the rocket so many times, then you get to redo the entire loop over again. So after you've completed the five stunts, the game will essentially reset, and you will move on to the next loop, which is the normal difficulty and then it's literally the same five stunts again uh just a little bit harder so the dive the head diving sequence has a bit more fire and it's a bit it's a bit longer to do the driving sequence has a different map so you kind of have to memorize what's going on there ski slope is a different layout uh the only one that keeps this the only one that stays the same is the bomb sequence that one almost never changes in any of the loops at all and then the rocket ship one or the cruise missile is atrocious and there are four loops to this there's an easy normal hard and a hidden very excuse me very hard mode and uh once you've beaten the first three loops <clears throat> Once you finish the first three loops, you kind of get this like mock ending, so to speak. And then you transition into the fourth loop. And the fourth loop is the true ending. Once you've beaten the fourth loop, you get the, the end sequence with credits and everything. Like it is the real game's ending. However, there are no continues in the game. So if you make it to the fourth loop and game over you get to start from loop one and do it all over again. <laughs> it is fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very much a video game, to say the least. Uh, luckily, there are cheat codes. Uh, you know, if you ever looked into, like, the... You probably want to find this in the, in the Nintendo Power, but if you, if you bought the... Um, <clears throat> Tips and Tricks magazines from like the 90s or um, what other magazines were there? I always went from, I always went for Tips and Tricks, Cheat CC, and, and Nintendo Power uh, whenever I was looking for stuff like this. But um, you can access a cheat menu up, down, left, right um, at the title screen. And then you can insert um, a plethora of codes to progress into whatever whatever day or stunt rather that you wanted to go in on whatever loop that you wanted to go on um and then there is a secret two-player mode to this game which I've, I've never played i i i do want to try this out i do have a secret way of trying out two two-player game boy games without having a second player um and it's just press select select Select, select, start on the title screen. Uh, I'm very curious what a two-player game mode for this game would be. I don't know if it would be like a competitive one person falls and you try and gain as much money, or if it's like Titus the Fox where both are on the screen at the same time and you both are simultaneously falling. I would be very curious to see what a two-player version of this game would look like. Um... And besides that, uh, when we come back... We're going to take another quick short break. When we come back, um, I'll give you a bit of a history with this game that I have. Uh, a, a small speedrunning segment because I did make the leaderboard for this game. 
Um, and then just a bit of the just the, the normal closures, the upcoming marathons, the where you can find us, you know, the whole nine yards. You guys listened to these episodes a hundred times, I, I, I suppose. Stay tuned. So, my my oh god, my chair is exploding. My my history with this game, I I I personally had no idea this game existed for Game Boy. Um, I played so I I knew the NES version existed because I remember renting the NES version as a kid. Then a couple years back. One of my speedrunning friends, uh, Dark Terex, reached out and was like, Hey, I'm doing a blind race of Incredible Crash Dummies on Game Boy. Are you interested? And I was like, there's a Crash Dummy game on Game Boy? He's like, yeah. He's like, I wonder if it's anything like the NES version because Dark Terex speedran the, the NES version. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a blind race. Whatever. Let's give it a go. And then... We popped it in and realized that it's completely different than what any of us were expecting it to be. So we, uh, I finished the first loop before everyone else. And I was like, so the game's continuing. I, I did, I did a loop. This game, this game has loops. I was like, what is the game goal for us? And uh, we were all just like laughing, debating, we're like, uh, 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 I'm like, like if we do one loop, I'm done. And like, yeah, we're going to do one loop because this game isn't fun. <laughs> so uh, we did one loop. And then afterwards, myself and two other people blind raced the NES version. And what I mean blind race, like I haven't played the NES version in years before, you know, before this. So I really remember, remembered nothing about the game at all. And, uh, yeah, it took me like seven hours to beat the NES version versus like the, like the 15 minutes it took me to do one loop of incredible crash dummies on Game Boy. Um, and then I was like, you know what? The, the Game Boy game's not awful. It's it's just very different. It's not what you would expect. So I uh, I sat down and did some routing and some efficiencies. And uh, I got to run down to like, I think, five to seven minutes, I think it was. And I created a lead, I created a speedrunning leaderboard for it. And within a couple months, I think I had like five or six people uh, running the game. Uh, obviously, the world record got taken. I believe, I guess Blues might have it right now. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. But I only made the leaderboard one loop. Um, I'll probably end up going through and making a full game leaderboard, which God bless the person that, <laughs> that does that. Um, so I might do like a one loop, two loop, three loop, full game type leaderboard i haven't 100 percent decided yet on how i want to lay that out but um 
And then after that, I did it for Game Boy Adventure. And for Game Boy Adventure, I I only did one loop because I was very uneducated on how that game worked. Um, And there wasn't any information online about the game at all, with the exception of a a very, very mediocre walkthrough um, on GameFAQs. So... I did one loop and I called it I called it a day on Game Boy Adventure. And then I I came back. I did some I did some read now. So it's like like there's gotta be more to the Crash Dummies game than just one loop. So I, I found I found a cheat code uh, menu for the game online. And they are let's see if these cheat codes work and I pop them in. I'm like, okay, day five, okay, I figure out these are the stunts. Okay. Difficulties for the loops. And I saw that there was a fourth loop called uh, Very Hard Difficulty. So I put on Very Hard Difficulty Day 5, which was the final stunt of the of what I now know as the final loop. And upon beating that, I got a true ending. And I was like, oh, there is an ending to the Incredible Crash Dummies on Game Boy. Okay. Well, that changes literally everything. So I revisited... Crash Dummies for the Game Boy, and uh, because I, th- I believe Mo and Sprinting Legs were also looking at the game and trying, just like, oh, it's only one loop for 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 Game Goal, and then I came along and ruined ruined their day because they saw what I initially had because I was uneducated, and then I went through and actually beat Crash Dummies on Game Boy. I did all four loops and got an ending and I was like nope correction there are four loops to the game you have to beat all four loops to get the true ending here is a video of the true ending um just to just to show everything in stake there so that was uh that was something else to be to be experienced um since then I haven't played Crash Dummies uh, I, I have wanted to submit it to a marathon. The issue is that it's such a short game that it's really hard to fit it in a marathon um, because I'm, I don't want to sit down and practice all four loops. I don't want to. And I don't want to do one loop that's five minutes long. Like It doesn't make sense to have like a ten-minute setup time for a five-minute game. So I, I've been wanting to showcase it in a marathon. I just don't know how to do that quite yet and not play the entire game for four hours because final loop is impossible um so yeah like i said i briefly touched base on the speedrunning stuff i created this leaderboard a few years ago um when i typically create a leaderboard for any game uh, i've created atari atari leaderboards uh fairchild leaderboards obviously game boy leaderboards um for any game, like I don't like go out and be like, hey, everyone run this game, here you go. I basically make a leaderboard for those people that are like me that search for super obscure games that, you know, to, to speed run. Um, I, I'm not one to follow a pack of people like, I'm going to go run Super Mario 64. I'm going to go run Link's, uh, not Link's Awakening, well, Link's Awakening wouldn't be one, but A Link to the Past or things of that nature like i'm not one to flock towards that mass i'm i'm more of a oh this 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 leaderboard only has two runs and it's a game that no one has ever heard of before in their life 
let's check out the run. Looks like a neat run. Let's let's run it and submit it time to the leaderboard. Um, that's more so how I focus on my speedrunning stuff because I find I find the obscure games to be way more enjoyable to play and way more enjoyable to watch. Um, and it always strikes a nice conversation, like when you're streaming it on Twitch, YouTube, wherever. It always brings up a nice conversation with your chat. It's like, oh, I've never heard of this game before, or oh yeah, I remember this game, or like I briefly heard about this game, or hey, isn't this a game that does this, this, this? And then you have like a conversation rolling as you're as you're learning or running or whatever it may be. Like it just you can get more of that interaction with your audience that way too. So, um, but yeah, that's my history. There's a the speed running stuff for the game. There's no weird glitches or anything of the sort that I'm aware of or that any of us are aware of. It's you just got to be good at the game, <laughs> memorize literally everything about the mini games. Um, so yeah, with that said, um, a few marathons coming up here. We have so game submissions are open for Distant Star Cares Extra Life 2019. Wow, that's a that's a title. Uh, benefiting Extra Life in Prisma Health Prisma Health Children's Hospital. Um, starting October 31st through November 3rd. Submission deadline is September 7th. Well, probably after this episode is released. And the game's, game list will be revealed on September 14th. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Distant Star Cares is, Distant Star Cares is a semi-annual video game speedrun charity marathon held in uh, upstate South Carolina. So... Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, obviously, games done quick submissions are are happening. I believe that they might be closed by the time this episode comes out as well. Um, awesome games done quick is in Jan is yeah in January. Uh, if you are going to the event, remember that is in Orlando, Florida this year, and not Bethesda, Maryland, or wherever it has been in the past. Um, so make sure to bring your anti crazy spray for that one. Um, let's see here. With that, we have Big Bad Gameathon coming up on October twentieth. Stay tuned for that, man. That Big Bad Gameathon is so so fun. It's a it's a week weekend long marathon of just great video <laughs> games. Um, and then coming up later in the year, we haven't gotten any information about it, but we know it's probably going to be coming. Is Power Up with Pride Winter Edition. Typically, that's sometime in December. Um, obviously, we have the Tiny 10 popping up here within probably the next few months. Uh, Mo will have more information on that as it gets closer. And then all of our friends at Retro Gaming Live TV, a.k.a. RGL TV, uh, they always have something crazy going on, whether it's one-night-only tournaments, um, uh, raffles for what a person is going to be playing on stream next to whatever marathons they have going on. They have like a Nest Cathlon where they do, was it 10 or 20 NES games? They have like a Disney marathon where they play a plethora of Disney games from various platforms. Um, our, our friends at RGL always have something going on, so make sure to, to check them out as well. Um, with that, I'm sure there are some more marathons that I'm that I'm missing or forgetting, and I apologize to those that listen to this and have a marathon. 
Uh, the issue is, is that no one tells me these things, with the exception of Taco Tomcat, <laughs> and uh, I literally have to browse through all of my Discord channels just to pull the information I do have for marathons. So, if you do listen to this podcast and you are a marathon organizer or know of a marathon coming up that is related to retro gaming and or speedrunning. It doesn't even have to be speedrunning specific, just retro gaming even, like the like the Zelda universe stuff, like the Zelda marathons that, that happen. Those I don't consider a speedrunning thing. They're just a bunch of people casually playing Zelda for however long. So let me know. Uh, you can tweet them at me, uh, DM them into my, you can slide into my DMs uh, on Discord if you so willingly choose. Um, and then just let me know what you got going on. Uh, the details, so mainly just um, the minimum details is the date, date when it's happening, a date when submissions closed, the name of the event, and just a quick brief what the event is about. Um, so yeah. With that, you can find me at Belfit Gaming on Twitch and Twitter, YouTube, someday, <laughs> when I get around to it. Uh, you can find our wonderful producer, Sprinting Legs, who I'm giving this episode exceptionally for because I didn't know when I needed to record it um, <laughs> because I don't keep a calendar for anything. Uh, you can find her at Sprinting Legs on Twitch, Legs on Discord, Legs on YouTube. And of course, of course, you can find my wonderful second half, uh, Mula, a.k.a. Mo, uh, Mula, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. So go give them a follow, go, go give them Twitch bucks, go do whatever it is that you do on the internet. With that said, I will talk to you all next time. And the next time you hear from us, you'll probably it'll probably be the Spider-Man episodes. Yeah, Spider-Man episodes, you heard me right. Multiple episodes of Spider-Man with uh, Mo and myself. Sorry, legs. Gotta scroll down on my noty notes. Ski slope. There it is.